Hello and welcome to the Le Monde Diplomatique podcast for October 2009. My name is George Miller, and each month I bring you an in-depth interview with one of the contributors to the paper. This month, my guest is Eric Alterman, who is Distinguished Professor of English and Journalism at Brooklyn College in New York. Alterman is the author of seven books, including the best-selling What Liberal Media? The Truth About Bias and the News, and most recently, Why We're Liberals, a handbook for restoring America's most important ideals. In the October issue of Le Monde Diplomatique, Alterman writes about J Street, an alternative American Jewish lobby, in an article entitled Support Israel Through Criticism. In the interview, we talk about what J Street is, and what reactions to it have been, and, on the eve of its first national congress, what its future prospects might be. But first, what exactly is J Street? J Street is a new lobby, a new American Jewish lobby that began in 2007, I believe, and it's designed to counter the power of the main American Jewish lobby, the, uh, which is called APAC, the American Israel Political Affairs Committee, and they are a very hawkish, neocon-dominated lobby that supports the most aggressive aspects of Israel's foreign policy, sometimes even more aggressive than those uh, supported by the Israeli government, whereas J Street is a lobby that supports, that uh, tries to represent the views of American Jews who think Israel needs to uh, compromise and cooperate and make peace with the Palestinians as soon as possible, lest it turn into something akin to South Africa. And who were the the prime movers? What was the driving force behind J Street being set up in the first place? Well, the um, APAC, uh, and the groups that work with APAC have always been far more conservative than American Jews. But for complicated reasons, American Jews have allowed themselves to be represented by a group that doesn't share their politics, by and large, because American Jews are the most liberal group in America, with the exception of American blacks. And then, uh, so people decided that this was uh, a bad idea. And the person who got it started is a fellow named uh, Jeremy ben who just saw an opening, and had a lot of talent as an organizer and has been able to raise uh, a few million, few million dollars and put together a staff of about a little over 20. It's nothing like what APAC has, which raises over $50 million a year to give away to congressional candidates and has a staff of, I think, over 70 or maybe more, I forget. But um, it's a beginning. Everybody's got to begin somewhere. And, and, and while other groups have tried this in the past, uh, this is as far as anyone's gotten. In other mm. words, there's always been, this opening has always been there because APAC has always represented, at best, a, a part of the American Jewish community. I think it's a minority. But they've always been quashed in the past by uh, accusations of bad faith and of not caring about Israel or being self-hating Jews and so forth. This is the first time it's met with any success. And what, what would you put that success down to compared to previous attempts? Do you think there is a difference in the political climate in the United States which makes it a better time to, to launch an organization like this? Well, I think that um, people have looked into the future and seen that the direction Israel is going into, it can really only go in one of two directions. Either it has to cease to be a democracy or cease to be a Jewish state. And I would say very, very few American Jews support either one of those. And so the thinking is that Israel needs a push from the United States to avoid both of these fates mm. by making a, um, you know, making a deal with the Palestinians. And no deal will take place unless the United States underwrites and, in fact, encourages and maybe even blackmails both sides into making con- very painful concessions. So I think that 
this has become more and more apparent over the years. And with it, there's also been, just as importantly, a generational change in American, mm. Jew American Jewry, as there is in everything. In the past, Israel has gotten kind of a free ride from American Jews, uh, in part because American Jews felt guilty because their, their parents and their grandparents didn't raise enough of a voice during the Holocaust. Mm. The United States just sort of sat by without trying to do more for Germany's Jews and Eastern European Jews who were killed. Mm. And they never, you know, the slogan, never again, became very powerful. It was applied directly to Israel, where people felt like the Jews were threatened with annihilation. Now that Israel has proven so durable and so powerful over time, and the Holocaust has receded into the past, that, that scare tactic doesn't work the way it used to. Now, from your article, it's clear that the reaction of APAC and other hawkish U.S. Jewish organizations has been clearly hostile, as one would expect, I suppose, to the emergence of J Street. Extremely hostile, and, and, uh, and some, some people are taking it upon themselves to call congressmen who are planning on appearing at J Street's annual convention, telling them that they better fill up or they'll be in trouble. You can't tie these things directly to APAC. You never can. And they may have nothing to do with it because the system is so well-oiled it works without them. I was also interested in what you said about J Street using new viral internet marketing techniques as a way to, to, to spread the message and to, to garner support. That's, I mean, that's a new phenomenon. Well, the, it began with the Dean campaign four years ago and the creation of the left-wing organization MoveOn.org. Everybody's trying to do it. And it's a good democratic decentralized way of raising money and involving people. So there's really no downside to it. And you mentioned the first national convention, which is coming up in about a week, a week or two's time. I mean, do you see that as a really a critical moment for J Street establishing its, itself as a, as a force to be reckoned with on the political well, landscape? Well, it is critical in part. It is critical in part because it's not only J Street. It's 18 different organizations, many of which are quite small and have been thoroughly marginalized over the years, and now they're coming out and saying, we are a legitimate voice as well. The peace camp is just as, just as Jewish, just as patriotic, just as concerned about the future as hardliners, and we're not going to stand for these scare tactics anymore. That's never happened before. And finally, Eric, can I ask you what the reaction of the mainstream U.S. media has been to, to J Street? Have they, been, have they been covering it? Have they been supportive of it? I think they've been pretty supportive, yeah, because uh, most people see is the situation in Israel the same way in the United States. They think they know that Israel has to make a deal or else become an apartheid state and, um, because it's not going to become, uh, they're not going to voluntarily become a non-Jewish state. And nobody thinks that's a good idea. Now, most people don't think that the Palestinians are ready or eager to make a deal right now, certainly not with Hamas, but they still think that Israel needs to move in that direction to encourage those Palestinians who might be interested in peace. And that's J Street's position. So I think that while APAC has done a good job, APAC, APAC has a lot of powerful voices in the media, particularly among pundits. Most journalists don't see it the way APAC does. In fact, that's another part of the generational transformation in the United States, that those scare tactics are no more effective with journalists than they are with anybody else. They have, I mean, there is a very strong neoconservative voice in the United States, and those people are attacking J Street and attacking anyone who defends J Street. But uh, they are becoming, particularly in Obama's Washington, uh, increasingly a minority. So in summary, there is, there is reason for optimism, you would say, at this present moment? Small reasons for optimism, yes. I was talking to Eric Alterman about J Street, which he writes about in this month's Le Monde Diplomatique.
That's available in both print and online editions at mondediplo.com. And on the website you'll also find articles, blogs, maps, a podcast archive, and a complete archive of articles available to subscribers. And there's also information on how to subscribe. That's all for this edition of the Le Monde Diplomatique podcast. I hope you can join me next month for another in-depth interview with one of our contributors. And until then, thank you for listening, and goodbye.